0: as we gather may your spirit dwell within us as we gather may we glorify your name knowing well that as our hearts begin to worship we'll be blessed because we came oh We'll be blessed because we came.
1: It's okay if you sing with me, eh?
0: <laughs> as we gather, may your spirit work within us. As we gather, may we glorify your name. Knowing well that as our hearts begin. We'll be blessed because we came We'll be blessed because we came The steadfast love of the Lord Never ceases His mercy To an end. they are new every morning. New every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. Oh. What a privilege it is, church,
1: to be together like this and to be in a place where we know the spirit of the Lord resides, to be in a place where we know that this is family, to be in a place where we know that we are loved and that we are cared for and that we are appreciated and that we are led and that we are fed. And that we are getting healthy, and it's just the beauty of heaven exploding in Life Church Global. And I want to say that I love this house. I love this house. I love you, Pastor John and Kelsey. We are honored, and we are just blessed to be here, you know, as uh, as sons and in this house. And so, thank you for the opportunity to share. It's, it's a story that I'm going to tell today. But um, thank you for the opportunity, nevertheless, um, to, to share um, some thoughts. Just around the kingdom of God, just around when we gather like this, when it's a corporate gathering, what really happens? What really transpires? What, what are we here for? What have we, what have we come to do? Um, and I've decided to call this preach... Um, tapestry of worship, and you might ask, "No, why, why tapestry?" And I'm so glad that you asked. And I will try to explain. <laughs> I will try to explain. As I was as I was preparing to to speak about about tapestry of worship, I was reminded of a time when we just arrived in Dubai. Uh, we were we were newbies in the place, and and friends of us started to take us around the place, you know, to get familiar with what Dubai is all about and so forth and so forth. Um, and one of the places that we visited was what it was called, I don't know if it's still called that, it's called Friday Market. And it's in the mountains in uh, Fujairah. It's more hills, but okay, hills, mountains there. Yeah. But anyway, it's there. Um, and, and it has a lot of uh, different types of markets and a lot of things that are for sale. And many of these markets are markets that sell carpets. Um, and I was I was uh, I was drawn to this the, 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 just the beauty of it, um, and as I went closer, I saw that there were even uh, weavers. I don't know if that is what they called, but the people that weave the carpets. So um, um, they they were there, and they they had the loom, and they had the whole thing set up, um, and and they were ready to show whoever was visiting to show and explain how the whole tapestry thing works, how it comes together, and I was really fascinated to see. How the beautiful colors and the beautiful textures—it's—it's it's one piece of tapestry, but it's—it's it's multi-dimensional. It's—it's it's interwoven. It's—it's it's intricate. It's—it's it's just a deep thing. It's—it's—it's it's, it's beyond what the eye just sees. And especially if you listen to the people that explain how all of this come together, it's a very involved process. And in the end, it, it, it looks beautiful, but there was a, a process that preceded all that beauty that went into it to put all the different parts together. And then at the end, we have this beautiful uh, piece of, of, of tapestry. And so for me, corporate worship is much, it's much like that. And so while the purpose is always the worship of one, Being the person of Jesus, the process is multidimensional, or we can say the process is is interwoven. Tell your neighbor, we are interweaving today. Yeah, we are interweaving today. You might say, but now how how exactly do do we do that? What does it look like in our current context? Well, once again, I'm glad that you asked. I will try to explain You see, what many in the body of Christ has done since about the start of the, the praise and worship became um, the manner in which we, we, we did music in the church, is treat this, this one thread, which is what we call speaking, well, not what we call, what the Bible calls speaking to each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We're treating that as the be-all and end-all of corporate worship. Now, while we are supposed to be doing this according to Ephesians 5.19, it is by no means all that we need to do when we corporately gather like this. To worship God before a watching world. Worship anyway is about who and what we are becoming. Who we are being transformed into when we gather before. Before it's about what it is that we actually do. But now for the sake of familiar context Let me start with With this thread That is like a trademark In many congregational gatherings yeah? Praise and worship And we love it We love it in, in, in our churches It's something beautiful And one song that many congregations Sang back in the day Was the one we sang earlier
0: As we gather may your spirit dwell within us we won't sing it again But just that thing of Knowing well that as our
1: hearts begin to worship, knowing well that as our hearts begin to worship, even the scripture uh, that we said earlier speak to one another in spirit. It's strange it doesn't say sing to one another it speaks to one another and yeah it doesn't say that we are, doesn't say that we are singing with our mouths singing with our hearts, which means there's something connecting here. There's something more than just what will come out of our mouths when we sing. There's a heart connection that happens before anything comes over my lips. There's a process that precedes that which is going to be sung to the Father. Now, I didn't know until I, I studied music and psychology. I didn't know of the academic and... Psychological and physiological and mental benefits, <laughs> benefits of singing together in a group. I knew mostly of the of the of the physical and spiritual benefits. I know of the physical because I knew that I was feeling something back in back in the church that I grew up. I knew I was feeling something I couldn't describe it, I couldn't explain it, but I knew that I was feeling something, and I knew that the, um, that something was something spiritual. So I knew those benefits. But I didn't know all those other fancy fancy things. But according to, to research, there's some research that concludes that endorphins are released when we sing together with others, as well as something called oxy oxytocin. And all these big research words. And then there are more studies that suggest that 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 people's heartbeats, people's heartbeats actually align. When we sing together. And I'm like, my God is awesome that he had orchestrated for our hearts to be together like that when we worship. That's why it feels so good. That's why it's just beautiful. It's just like, it's just a lovely fragrance in the place when that happens. There's even more studies that say that there's certain frequencies that is... And we don't need need the studies to prove that. Because we experience this when we worship, isn't it? That there's a frequency and frequencies that are released at some point where the angels feel they cannot help themselves but sing along. We've seen this in our church. We have felt this in our church. We've experienced it in our church. As that when, when we hit a certain frequency, we hear the reverberation of heaven in the place response that happens in the human body. That that deserves a preach on its own. That's not really what I'm talking about today, but man, it is something beautiful. So while I love while I love the science the behind congregational singing, singing together, I love the theology in the song that we were singing more. And it's spot on since worship is about how our hearts are conditioned. Before it is about how our hands are positioned. And so before we set out to do anything in the kingdom, we need to be something in the kingdom. Before we put our hands to the plow, you have had to come to a place where your heart is in sync with that of the Father. So what pleases Him, pleases you. What hurts Him, would hurt you. What makes Him angry would make you angry. What what makes him sad would make you sad. And all those things become a settled issue in your heart before you put your hand to the plow. Another way to say it is to say that we need to have a lifestyle of worship in private that precedes and informs our acts of worship in public, lest our act of worship becomes just that. It's just an act. And then you better keep acting. Then you better keep acting and be good at it too to keep convincing yourself and others that you have worship. People, I can tell you, I know about this because I lived like this before. I lived like this before when everyone around me was thinking, oh, Brother Ricardo, so blessed in this worship ministry, and that, oh, it this and that and the other thing? Um, but my heart was far from God. And in that place, and this, I'm not condemning myself, I'm just reminding myself that, man, it is, it, is, it is no simple thing. It is not something to be taken lightly. If we are saying we are getting ready to come together in a room and worship the Father, there's something that needs to happen before we step into the room. We, we needed to have been with Him in our room at home. And so then what happens is when you then come to church, you're coming with fire. You're not coming for fire. Yeah. So you are coming with fire, you have spent you 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 reek of him you have the fragrance of the Father all over you because you have spent the time you have made the effort and your heart is connected with his heart. I tell you now if if it wasn't for, for God's goodness that called me to repentance in this thing, I don't know I don't know where I would have been today. So let's call worship the way that we know it, maybe the, the music part of it. Let's call it, it's the thing that, that says how we love God and how we love people. You see, beloved, God's plan was always plural. This is why he said, let us make man. So he created from that place into where we are now as a group and he's or as a community or as a congregation or as a people or as humanity and so his heart is that as much in as much as what he loves us as how he loves us as individuals he wants us to find him or he wants us to find us in pursuit of him also collectively and this is why when pastor was preaching a, a while ago about Adam being a them I thought man that is so good Adam was a them before Eve was manifested. Adam was a them, and only after she was manifested were they two individuals. It's just, a, it's just. A, sorry, it's just amazing for me. I just, I just absolutely love it. So when when we arrive for corporate worship, we come because we love God and we love people, all people, even the ones we may not like. We love them. Because it's by the very, it's by that very act that we know and others will know that we are Christ's disciples, isn't it? Friends, I saw all of this in action when I first visited Life Church Global. The sound of everyone singing was just unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I witnessed how everyone just poured out their hearts at the top of their lungs. No holding back. I felt right at home. I knew Pastor John and Kelsey from years before And I knew their hearts and their value for the word of God The worship of God and the people of God But to see this in action Was just next level man If ever I felt, if ever I felt John, John 12, 32 It was when I came in there that time Christ was lifted up from the earth And it was drawing me unto him And I believe many others too there's a famous writer that, we, that many of us would know. His name is A.W. Tozer. And he said it like this, and I have to read it. He says, Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos, all tuned to the same fork, are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned, not to each other, but to another standard to which each one must individually bow. So 100 worshippers meeting together, each one looking away to Christ, are in heart nearer to each other than they could possibly be. Were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship? We see here how Christ and Him at the center of all of this is the unifying factor for anything congregational in God's kingdom. We see this too in the Sermon on the Mount. With thousands gathered around Jesus. So we read this in Matthew 14, we read it in Mark 6, we read it in Luke 9, we read it in John 6, and it's the only miracle of Jesus recorded in all four Gospels where he fed 5,000 men plus women and children. Now this is very significant since it's now repeated four times in these Gospels because it amplifies Jesus Christ as the great shepherd who always meets the spiritual And physical needs of his people. So we will read for today. We will read Mark's account of this great event. It goes like this. The apostles gathered around Jesus. And reported to him. All they had done. And taught. Then because so many people were coming and going. That they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them. Come with me by yourselves. To a quiet place. And get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat. a solitary place, but many who saw them, somebody say saw them, saw them leaving, recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, you asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves... And the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. Somebody say satisfied. Satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets uh, of broken pieces and bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Now, whenever we read the scriptures, most minds go for the main miracle which is the multiplication of the fish and bread. But I want to submit to you today that there is just so much more that transpired when these people were gathered, much like us today in this gathering. They were imperfect people who prioritized a perfect God with the purpose of being perfected. Let me say that again. And I believe this is when corporate worship occurs. When imperfect people prioritize a perfect God, When imperfect people prioritize a perfect God with the purpose of being perfected, they were what I call every kind of people. They were normal people, people from all walks of life, people just like us. Most importantly, people of whom Jesus had compassion for. People of whom Jesus said, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of these, least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. These people, just like us gathered here today, were the another's. That the Bible talks about in John 4 verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. These were the people. People just like us here today that Jesus would eventually give his life for. And he says of it that if any one of us lay down our lives for people just like us, we would have shown no greater love. People just like us. These people were gathered in one accord. Not of their own design. Because remember, they just heard that Jesus was in the rounds and they got got up from what they were doing and they rushed. And the Bible says they got there before Jesus could even get to the place. So they didn't plan this thing out to the detail. They just heard of what this man had done. They've heard of the miracles. They've heard of what had happened whenever Jesus is in a place. And so they got up, decided, look, there's nothing more important right now than for me to get to Jesus. There's nothing more important than gathering with friends and family and whoever was around. And we need to get to this place where Jesus is going to be talking. So I say they fell. They fell into fellowship. And it's by virtue of Him that they were there. And that is why we gather. There can be no other reason. There's no other point. There's no point other than Jesus, for us to come together like this. So, if I brought that scenario closer to home, if I brought it into a Life Church global current context, and I, I was trying to do the, the, the James Earl Jones type of voice for this part where um, the, the, the scene happens in two places, the one scene. Let me not try it. So the the one part, the one part is on on the mountain, and the one part is just yeah. It's just life church global. It's just us. Those were the two parts. So you'll have to imagine that voice as I'm going. I'm not gonna try and do it. So if I brought it, it may sound like this. Somebody say, hey. Have you heard about Life Church Global down the road? You can hear them worship from a mile away. You should hear their crazy testimonies. You should see their love for God and His work. You should see um, they've been spotted all around town, hanging out together all the time. It's crazy, man. The point I'm trying to make here is, just as in the case of Jesus, when He had the 5,000 in front of Him, they have heard of Him. They have heard something and what he has done. And, and now they've come to be with him. Let the same be said of us that, that we love to hang out around Jesus. And for the new creation, it's an even greater experience since we bring him into the building with us. When we gather. Also that we can fellowship with him and his people. So I was talking about threads early earlier. So that, that was fellowship. Eh? That was that thread. That was that part of what corporate worship looks like when we look at it as a beautiful piece of tapestry. That is thread two. We've got three more to go. Now we're back on the mountain. And there's serious ministry happening everywhere. People are getting healed left, right and center. They're having heavenly impartation right out of the mouth of Jesus. They are fed in so many ways. Even learning how to serve others, passing the food on to family And neighbors, friends and strangers, they are being delivered by Jesus. The trajectory of those who chose to believe him has now forever been changed and is changing. Man, what a day out in the field. What a day out in the field. What a gathering. And again, our church is an example of such a gathering, of such gatherings. I mean, the first few times I visited the church, I was absolutely astounded with the beauty of ministry i saw taking place right in front of my eyes i mean the one time i know i know there were many of these times but the one time i remember i'm in church and i'm I'm, there's a gentleman standing in front of me and he's beautifully dressed everything is in its proper place um uh, his clothes fitting everything everything until pastor john says okay now we are going to have a time of supernatural weight loss i'm like okay okay you know, I, I'm anticipating this now He says it, you, need, you need to stretch your faith right now Make your way around the auditorium Make your way around the hall Next thing I know it, This gentleman goes for it goes, Now remember when, when he left He was fine His pants was fitting nicely The next time I see this man He's holding a part of his belt in his hand He's holding a part of his belt in his hand Because he had just lost weight his pants doesn't fit. His belt is now too big. Beautiful time of ministry. Supernatural. I'm like, oh my, it blew my mind. Beautiful. Are there many, there's too many to, to, to talk about now. But just beautiful times when God just, he, he, he comes in there and he just he just messes everything up. Because we decided together. We decided that, that, that we wanted to be together about Him. We wanted to... <laughs> we wanted to be there. We made the effort. We've planned it. We've been looking forward to it. Um, and it's, it's something beautiful. It's something rich. It's something awesome. And it's something that only Jesus can do. Back to the scene on the mountain. And we have the disciples not acting very disciplely. I just made that word up. Not acting very disciplely. They coming to Jesus and and they sketching him all kind of scenarios. Yeah, this is a remote place. And it's already so late. Can we just take can these people just go away? Because you must understand. Now these people are hungry. I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry, I, I I sometimes get edgy. So 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 when what what I do when I read scripture, I try to almost travel to to the place and experience what it what it was. So now imagine these people, sticky, uh, they 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 tired, they niggly, you know, um, they they hungry. Um, some of them had had to carry their children there. Some of them had to carry others there that, that couldn't walk. It's, it's, it's a whole situation. It's a community. It's very real. And now on top of all of that, they're hungry. And, and the disciples know that they're hungry. And and the disciples know that they don't have anything to give these people. And they come to Jesus sketching these scenarios. Jesus is not phased. Jesus. We don't have. They say to Jesus. And in that time, they, they choose to not model after Jesus, to not follow what he would have done. And we know that. It's just not how Jesus does things. And in that moment, well, well elsewhere, in, in, in John thirteen thirty five, it says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And in that moment, Jesus... Knowing full well that, that the boys didn't bring any food. He knew that. He knew that they never brought anything. They arrived there together. They themselves were still hungry from the, from the, from the previous trip. Yeah? But in that moment, he, he calls out of the disciples their faith to manifest and take authority over the, the circumstance around them. So he was calling out what was inside of them. To come out and take authority over that which was around them. Yeah. Powerful thing that Jesus did this in, the, in, in that moment. And we don't always focus on that. We focus on the other miracles. But but this is something beautiful that I see. That just just, just happened here. How's that for another miracle man? So in the midst of the congregation. Jesus teaches what discipleship looks like. Equipping them for the work of the ministry. Pointing out to them what compassion looks like. What love looks like. That's discipleship and that's thread four. Now I don't know about you, but me, I get excited about evangelism. So you can know when I, when I went and looked at this uh, portion of scripture... I went looking for, okay, so so what part does evangelism play in all of this? What, what does that look like? And I didn't have to look far. Because here you have Jesus and the disciples in one huge evangelistic event. The whole thing from the onset was evangelistic. No help from Insta. No help from Twitter, no Facebook, nothing. Just Jesus doing exactly what he sees the Father does, loving others into doing the same. Very simple. No hoo-ha, no fanfare. Jesus doing what he sees the Father does and loving others into doing the same. So what you have here now are 5,000 men and there, there were women and children too, uh, who will by now, by now they're about town. Yeah, they, they're going to be about town, sharing account upon account of what they witnessed and experienced. One boy in particular would be recounting how he went in with five loaves of bread and two fish and came out with that being multiplied into 12 baskets of leftovers. Somebody say leftovers. Even after everyone had eaten their fill. I've been in this church now for close to five years and I can honestly say I've never come out of any of our gatherings the same way I went in. My life is always impacted in some way or another. And I'm sure many of you have similar testimonies. You see, church, I always knew that I wanted the type of community we all are enjoying right now. I knew that I wanted it. Lovely life group, life experience, try life, volunteers hang out. Pastors and coaches. Well, pretty much any gathering of our ecclesia that I can get to but I did not know how much I needed it until I stepped into it finding like minded hearts on a journey with our lovely pastors John and Kelsey leading us nurturing us so tenaciously fully living out the values that we uphold as a church we love and appreciate you Pastor John and Kelsey Our lives are richer because of you and everyone who calls this church home. I'm heading to a close, friends. Our, our, our revelation, our revelation of corporate worship becomes revolutionized when we realize that after we have sung unto the Lord in our gatherings, there's even more just waiting to meet our faith in what I call the most beautiful collision you can ever imagine. It's the culmination of our love for God and our love for His people. Finding expression in the worth we have for worship. Our fervency for fellowship. Our means to ministry. Our dedication to discipleship. And our eagerness to evangelize. What we would have then is a wonderfully interwoven tapestry on display for the glory of God. Now we have worshiped. Now we have worshiped. Now we have come to a full understanding of the greatness of it all, of the depth of it all, of the width of it all, it is so simple and yet it is so profound all at the same time, it it absolutely blows my mind to know that I am complete in how I worship Him when I have found a place amongst His people to fellowship with Him. So now now my song becomes significant now my expression is profound because I have done what he had commissioned us to do love one another come together have fellowship have fun share with one another the good the bad the ugly all of it and you can ask my life group we go right there like all the time it's crazy and this is what Jesus teaches us this is the example that we see when he was with the people on the mountaintop it was it was a rich experience what a privilege to have that right here amongst friends and amongst family Can I pray for us? Father, we thank you for the richness of you. We thank you that you love us so much that you loved us first. And thank you, Lord, that it's only because you introduced us to love that we can have any idea of what it even is. Thank you that we get to show that to someone, Thank you that we can share that in our families, in our friendship circles, at work, on the cycle track, in the sea, on the beach. Wherever we are, wherever we go, we are being Jesus to someone. We are bringing your kingdom to someone. Thank you that we get to partner with you like this. Who are we, Lord, that you are mindful of us, but yet you love us with a love so deep, with a love so profound, Father God. And so tonight in this place, we are honored. We are blessed. We are besides ourselves with excitement for you and for everything that is kingdom. I pray your blessing right now upon this house, upon each and every person in this place, Lord. Each and every person in our church, each and every family, Father God, I pray that the blessings of yourself that maketh rich and adds no sorrow will be the portion of everyone in this church. We thank you for that. We thank you that goodness and mercy follows us, catches us, and totally overwhelms us. We thank you, Father, that you go before us. We thank you that you are the one that opens the sea. And we walk freely through, Father God. We thank you for those things. Father, I pray for the things that we take for granted. May we never do that, Lord. We may always remember that it's by the grace of God that we are even here. And so I pray, Father God, that we prosper in you. That we prosper your way. The kingdom way. That we advance your way. In whatever we put our hands to. May our hearts be prepared for what it is that you want to do through us. With us and in us. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen.